What's up, besties? This is episode 13 of Childlike at Best with Mike Valdez. And hey, if you've been with us this whole time, you still know I am the second part of that title. 13 episodes, guys. We're teenagers. Holy cow, this is amazing. We're becoming young men and women. We're getting so mad at our moms and dads right now. Just like, get out of my room, dad! Because all of us, when we were 13, we all kind of sounded a little bit like Tom DeLonge from Blink-182. Before we get the show rolling, I wanted to remind you that we have merch, guys. We have merch. You can find it at tpublic.com slash user slash childlike at best, or you can just go to their search engine and put childlike at best on the search engine. You'll be able to find all of our merch. We have t-shirts, baseball tees, sweaters, hoodies, notebooks, pins, anything with the childlike at best logo, and you can just wear it or rock it, and all your friends will be so jealous of you because it is an awesome design. This week, I spoke with Brandon Marcado. Brandon and I have been friends for many, many years. Brandon is a screenwriter as well as a musician. He has a new album with his band Beach Bum that is coming out shortly. This episode is really fun. We get to talk a lot about different stories growing up as well as stories from us being friends over the years. Also, we do a really funny serial review. It's actually one of my favorites that we've done so far on Child That Get Best. I honestly think that you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. So without further ado, please enjoy my buddy, Brandon Marcato. Hey, everybody. This is Child That Get Best with Mike Valdez. Hey, guys, guess what? I'm Mike Valdez. And today... I have a very special guest with me, Brandon Mercado. What's up, man? What's up, dude? How are you? <laughs> Pretty good, man. Yeah, we've been recording for like 10 minutes. I know. So we, I'm just we, pretending I like forgot we for a moment, talking. and then you're like, oh, we should yeah. get started. I'm like, oh, I thought we already were. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Even though we've been talking for 10 minutes, before I ask you the prompted questions that I have for you today, the first thing we like to do here at Child Like It Best is we like to take a Flintstones vitamin. So I have those Flintstones complete gummies for you. Sick. You can let them know. I got what character they got? An orange Barney. An orange Barney. That's a first. That is a first, actually. Every time I hear this, it's always pebbles. <laughs> As you're taking that, can you please let me know about where you grew up? I grew up out here in good old South Florida. I grew up in uh, Hollywood. And then I moved over to Davie and then in Pines, where I'm still resigning at the moment. You're still resigning? Yeah. Resi- resigning. I know. Res- I resigned from Pines. I resigned from living. <laughs> and now. I'm going nomad. <laughs> so what kind of kid would you say that you were at school when you were growing up? Where, who did you sit with at lunch? It's weird. I didn't, like, have a particular group. Sure. You know, I kind of just I stuck around with. Because, like, whenever, like, we go up from grade to grade, it's always, like, a different group of people. Some you recognize and uh, some you don't. And you have to, like, decide seating in the lunchroom and stuff. Yeah. So I always just hung out with whoever was into Pokemon or (laughs) (laughs) Yu-Gi-Oh. Just being the nerd playing cards. Any of the card cartoons. Yeah, you know, all that stuff. Nothing American, all Japanese. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. When you went home, though, what were the things that you were a real big fan of like what were your fandoms oh i was um i was super into kingdom hearts growing up still okay. am till this day yeah so that that train hasn't left okay <laughs> um, cool. and i was into 
a lot of like, like I said, like Yu-Gi-Oh before. Yeah. And I would watch Cartoon Network. That would always be my thing. And Adult Swim. And I would always like stay up late and watch like Toonami and watch all the animes on, up like at like eight o'clock all the way to like two. How old were you during this time? I was seven or eight. Really? And Toonami yeah. was already on and, mm-hmm. and Adult Swim? It's crazy. I didn't even realize how old Adult Swim really was. Yeah, I didn't realize that either. I mean, to be fair... I knew I was young enough to when the commercials for Adult Swim would come on, that's when my parents would be like, all right, it's time to turn yeah. the TV off because you can't watch that, you know? Yeah, my mom was the same way, and then I kind of just kept watching it anyway. Sure. <laughs> well, that brings me to my next question. What were the things that you would sneak from your parents? Like, as far as, like, were there any television shows or movies or even foods that you weren't allowed to eat that you would just, like... I'm going to Bobby's house, and that dude has fruit roll-ups, and I'm eating the whole pack. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I guess aside from porn, they let me watch anything. <laughs> so stupid. Cut that out. <laughs> I'm not editing that. <laughs> That's so stupid. Yeah, I know. Um, but no, they they tried to like be like, oh, you can't watch rated R movies. You can't watch like American Pie and all that stuff. Mainly right. my mom was strict about that. My dad... He kind of didn't care. Sure. And then my mom also just stopped caring because she realized that, like, I wasn't really all that scared of it once I actually got to watch it. Yeah. Because it's weird. Whenever, like, I heard about Chucky or Freddy Krueger as a kid, yeah, I was, like, super scared of them before I actually, until, like, I actually sat down and, like, watched their movies. And then I was, right. like, it just went away. I wasn't scared at all. Huh. But, That's fine. Actually, you know that movie Darkness Falls? Yeah. That one freaked me out and i hadn't even watched it like i couldn't even sleep why is that because it was like that was just scary to me like the two fairy like coming in and like just that you're in your room and like trying to take you away i mean that is true yeah and as a kid that's like the scariest thing ever because yeah. you keep losing your teeth yeah the two fairy stealing your money that, that's really and then scary. i watched it i'm like this is actually really fucking stupid <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> So with that, you're basically saying that you became a fan of horror movies yeah. at a really young age. Yeah, that's that was pretty much my thing. What's the movie that made you cross over? Was it Freddy or? It was Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay. Yeah, that okay. one definitely did for sure. Was it mostly because before you saw it, you were like, this is so scary. And then once you faced your fear, you were like, well, no, I'm not I, scared anymore. Yeah, I mean, I didn't realize that at the time. But yeah, I'm pretty. that's what I believe it was. Yeah, like horror movies were the old man from Home Alone. Yeah, that's Where you're just like, I'm not afraid anymore. <laughs> and then you see it's like, it, you're you, like didn't, ah! you didn't even want to interact with it. You just wanted to scream and run the other direction. Exactly. And then you find out that the reason why you're scared of him is because he has a problem with his son. It's like, eh, it ain't too bad. <laughs> I can have a beer with him, maybe. Exactly. Like, he's not that bad. no but yeah and another thing that really got me into it was um it was at the time when my mom and i had just moved out to pines okay and i didn't really have any friends sure my friends were out in hollywood and davy so you were like maybe freddie will be my friend yeah (laughs) and my mom and i would just go to the hollywood video and we'd always just like rent movies like bro that hollywood video is ingrained in my memory oh, no man i used to go there every freaking weekend it's so good yeah, yeah i miss that place so much yeah i miss hollywood video and blockbuster like yeah. i miss all of those places i liked hollywood video more me too it was I smaller felt like, it felt like you can get more because nobody went there Everybody yeah went it felt like there was it was way more of a selection there exactly yeah you can get weird stuff at, at hollywood video yeah. and blockbuster was very like well, we have 40 copies of Space Jam, and that's it. And you're yeah. like, all right, great. Very cool, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I'll watch it for like the hundredth time. Yeah. 
Well, and also they had, I, I don't know if you remember this, they had uh, on Fridays, they would do family movies and like kids movies and sometimes even comedies. They would do like kids get three days for free. Yeah, I remember, remember that. that. That's how I saw like First Kid and like a lot of these movies. Yeah, that's how I bribed my parents to like rent movies for me. I'd be like, hey, look, it's free. <laughs> Give me like all three of those Goosebumps videos right there on themselves. <laughs> Goosebumps, yeah. dude. Dude, every time. I went back. I, I felt like a year. As a kid, it felt like a whole year. But I was always looking for that one episode, The Werewolf of Fever Swamp. Yeah. Every time we went to Hollywood Video, it was always checked out. <laughs> really? That's always. so weird. And I was always so upset. Even my mom and my dad were like, God damn it. Someone like bring back the damn like, Werewolf of Fever Swamp. <laughs> because he keeps asking for it and crying. He nonstop it. crying on the floor. <laughs> You have to watch the haunted mask again. Yeah, part two, man. Yeah, part two. Not even the good one. Yeah, not even part one. <laughs> That's really funny. I don't I, know if you remember this. I mean, for the listener, they have no idea. But one of the first podcasts we ever did together was like five years ago. It was me, you, and Jerry, and it was called Netflix and Chill. And we would just watch bad movies on Netflix, and we did like commentaries that nobody asked for. Yeah, and, <laughs> not even us. Yeah. <laughs> And, and what we started with were the Goosebumps ones. Really? One of the reasons why I don't really, like, release it, like, in a way, because really, if I wanted to, I could just put, like, a bonus episode out, like, in the middle of the week, and it could just be that. But the quality is just so bad. Yeah, I can so imagine. I was just, because we were using crappy microphones, and, like, we didn't really have much. It was, like, the amateur first-time podcasters. Exactly. Kit. But, I mean, granted, it was super fun. Like, we did that. We did the three-headed shark monster movie. That was my favorite. Danny Trejo. That was a really fun one. <laughs> that was insane. We did, we did episodes that... of American Horror Story. That was a really good one. We did do that, didn't we? Yeah. We did a freak show, I think, right? We did freak show. Yeah. yeah. And Jerry was like, well, we're only going to watch the episodes with the clown in them because we wanted to get over my fear of clowns. Yeah. So we did that. <laughs> I, I That's why that. I remember now. Yeah, I remember that. I guess it must have worked now because you were watching A and you're excited for the next one. Yeah, I'm not super scared of them. I think if I were to see them in real life, I'd probably be more terrified. But in movies and stuff like that, like it's pretty normal for me. Yeah, because you're aware, it's, oh, this is just a dude in a suit. So what about other television shows? This was around the time of like TGIF and stuff, right? For you? Yeah, I would say. Did you have any of those shows that you were into? I never really kept up with it. From there too much yeah whenever i watch those shows it was always like reruns on like nick at on, night or something or disney channel yeah, yeah i was always or disney channel yeah i was always on cartoon network though um i'd go to disney for like that's so raven or uh what's another even stevens that was like one of my favorite like live action shows i on remember there. they played boy meets world and smart guy on disney channel oh dude on disney there was this real there's this awesome show i was super into it was called so weird yeah, that, that was, one? yes. Oh, dude, I loved that show, man. And I was like so upset when it went away. It's funny because I don't remember anything from that show except they did this one thing like the, the Disney Channel Movie Surfers. Yeah. Remember that? So they, they did the Disney Channel Movie Surfers. We're going to go behind the scenes on So Weird. And they went behind the scenes. And it was the first time as a kid that I got to see the actress that was on the show, she was like, this monster that we're going to see this week is just this tennis ball. You would see her like act looking at that tennis ball and then they would show the side-by-side -side of like what the monster looked like and her reaction and all that stuff. And that was the first time as a kid where I was like, oh, like these things aren't real. They're just looking at tennis balls and 
ping pong balls and, and X's on a wall. <laughs> you know, like, they're not really looking at the thing or whatever. Yeah. That's really the only thing from So Weird I remember. I just remember a couple things, really. It's all, like, kind of hazy. Like, I remember one episode where, like, I think the family got trapped in a picture. Okay. <laughs> and she had to right. go in and get them out somehow, or they'd be erased from reality. That also sounds like a premise to Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah. And Goosebumps. Which that show felt more like a, a way more serious version of those. Sure. Because, I don't know, Goosebumps and like even The Nightmare Room, those were like super campy. Yeah. Whereas that show, it always felt like it was way more serious, way edgier for a kid, you know? Yeah, they're rebooting Are You Afraid of the Dark for Nickelodeon, which is weird, but... I don't know how that's going to do. Well, the trailer looks scary, but then again... Horror trailers are very good at making things look scary. Yeah, and you got to remember, it's a kid show. It's not going to do probably anything different. Of course, which in all reality, like what really can scare kids anymore? Like you know, yeah, man, these kids with the internet now, like they can watch literally whatever they want. Well, and not only that, like I feel like the only thing that would scare them is like adulting. No, like like somebody being like, this monster came in my room and took my phone. They're more scared of their phone being taken away than the actual monster that did it. You know, <laughs> I want to make a horror comedy about kids' phones coming to life trying to kill them. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. It's called Chucky. Chucky. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> it's damn, called, it's, someone's already done it. It's called the 2019 <laughs> Child's Play. That's what it's called. Oh, uh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so... I thought I was going to come up with a good joke slash semi-idea. I thought it was going to be like Kevin Smith's tusk. But yeah. No, it's already a thing. <laughs> it's already a thing. Well, no, it's the actual phone. It's going to come to life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See, that's what's different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's so stupid. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. That just reminded me that one of the main things that I was really scared of as a little kid was the opening scene in, in the movie Twister. Have you ever seen that movie? Yeah, I'm tr I'm having a really hard time remembering that opening scene, though. To anyone who's ever seen that movie, they're probably laughing at the fact that I found that movie scary at all. The ride, that universal, was scarier <laughs> than that movie. Man. No, the movie, the movie scared me, but it, it was because of a very specific reason. Basically, if you've never seen the movie, a twister is happening, and in the very beginning, no and the family, the family goes down into like an attic or whatever. And the twister is, like, blowing the door off of the panic room. And the father holds on to the door, and the twister is so powerful that it pulls the door off with the father. And he flies into the twister. Oh, shit. Now, again, as a kid, you don't realize a lot of logic where, like, it's like, well, if it's that strong, then why didn't all the other family members fly, too? Like, that kind of thing. But as a kid, it scared me because I thought that that's what a twister would do, and then... The main reason is that the father in that movie looks a lot like my dad. Really? Yeah. And it terrified me. Damn. Like, because I was like, I don't want my dad to get sucked up by a twister. You're like, dad! <laughs> like, oh no! Like, I knew it was an actor and things like that, but the guy looked a lot like my dad. So whenever I would fall asleep, I would just imagine my dad, you know? And it was scary as hell it's but weird anyway. it's weird how little things like that that aren't even like scary can like actually affect certain people yeah it's true like uh it's it's an old pat oswalt joke but it's it's true where he's just like i don't know what scares my daughter anymore because i showed her schoolhouse rock and in it there's like little skeletons that are dancing to this bone song and she's dancing and she's having a great time. And then he changes the channel on accident and it's Wolfman, right? And it's the scene 
where he's changing into the wolf and like his shirt is ripping and like all this stuff. And he's like, Oh crap. Like I can't have her watch this. And she's, when she gets scared, she doesn't scream. She just looks really still like, Oh my God. Right. So he's like, great. I've traumatized her. (laughs) So that night at like 11, he's sleeping. And then she's like screaming, terrified. And she's like, Oh my God, my bones are going to jump out of my body. (laughs) And she's like screaming and he's like, Oh my God. And then he's like, my wife is like, what did you show her? And he's like, I showed her schoolhouse rock. It wasn't that big of a deal. She was dancing. (laughs) Like, and then they're like, can I sleep with you? And then five minutes later, she starts laughing her butt off. And they're like, what is so funny? And she's like, the doggy had a shirt on. (laughs) And he's like, so now I'm just showing my daughter everything. Like, I'm just going to show her Sesame Street and Apocalypse now. Like, I have no (laughs) idea what scares her anymore. (laughs) Yeah, man. It's it's weird. Like, I don't know. It's just I remember growing up, like, as a kid and, like, even seeing a lot of, like, my friends' kids now. Like, they watch horror stuff and, like, they don't find it scary at all. They find it more funny than anything. Right. Yeah, that's true. To go into our next bit, do you remember any commercials or product placement for toys or anything that really is like in your craw? Uh, the Digimon uh, digital device from season three. Really? Yeah. Describe it to me. I don't remember. It was like it was like one of the digivices they had, but like you can get a card and swipe it, and with that you can like summon the Digimon. <laughs> really? Like it was Yu Gi Oh or it was something. A credit card. Machine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And I wanted that shit so bad. <laughs> like, I remember, like, I was a brat as a kid, you know? Sure. My grandma, like, she spoiled the crap out of me. So, like, whenever I saw that at Toys R Us, they only gave me $10 to buy whatever I want. But right. that thing was 30 Oh, And I no. was, like, being a brat, just, like, screaming, crying about it. Like, I want it, I want it. And they're like, all right, Brandon, we'll get it for you. Just uh, wait outside. And I'm like, okay. They didn't get it for me. <laughs> they sold out. That's something my parents would do. Not my parents, but my grandparents. They would use a lot of those kinds of tactics where they would be like, oh, they're they're not selling them to kids that are crying. Like, stuff like that. Or a really big one was if you keep crying, Santa Claus isn't coming to the house. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, that kind of thing. Granted, my grandparents are very Latin, so it was really like, you know, Santa Claus no viene a la casa. Like, that was like a very You see, that sounds thing. scary. Yeah, it was a very common thing. So the Digimon ATM, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, and, and uh, what other toys do you remember? I'm trying to think. This is going to sound weird, but do you remember any movie product placement for, like, fast food? Like, I'll never forget the promotion they did, the McDonald's did for Armageddon. Do you remember that? No, what the hell? <laughs> they're like, they're like, they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Here, here at McDonald's, we have the biggest freaking fries you could ever get. It's the size of an asteroid fry. Like Michael Bay direct that commercial to Michael Bay hands you a cartridge of fries that are the size of a Home Depot box. You know, (laughs) that's insane. I had no idea. Yeah, I remember that. And I remember the Batman and Robin tie into Taco Bell. You remember that? I don't even remember that. The biggest one that that I remember for sure is all the product placement for Taco Bell and Godzilla. Because little Chihuahua would be outside with like a little box. And he would go, here, lizard, 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 lizard. And then the and then freaking Godzilla comes out and he goes, uh oh, I think I need the bigger books. <laughs> I remember, remember I, I kind of I vaguely remember something like that yeah. we could talk about. Fun fact, the voice of the Chihuahua, 
of all the Taco Bell commercials is the voice of Rocco from Rocco's Modern Life. That's wild. Yeah. Did you see that new movie? Uh, I saw maybe 15 minutes and then I fell asleep. It wasn't because I was bored. It was because it was in the middle of the night and I just fell asleep. I feel you. But I do actually want to give it my full attention at some point. Yeah, I've heard it was good. In the Invaders in one, I'm like halfway through that, but that one's been pretty good too. Okay. Yeah. I have that on my queue. I haven't seen it yet. What about foods like or snacks or anything like that? Do you remember product I was always a whore for Gushers. Like, sure. I always was just like. <laughs> do you remember those I would commercials? Do, I would do anything for Gushers. Yeah. How <laughs> Where you like you eat one, your head would blow up. Into a strawberry and nobody would flip out. I actually got somewhat scared seeing that commercial. As a sure, kid. of course. <laughs> there was that and like the Capri Sun commercial that would turn you into the T one thousand. Yeah, Like, <laughs> I remember that, man. dude. Food commercials, like it's like it hard. Got really weird, dude. Man. It's hard for me to believe that any kid found any of this appetizing. Yeah, it's like insane. The gaw of these food companies in the 90s where they would be like, you know what? It's mystery flavor. You figure it out. Where it's like, aren't you supposed to be telling me what this is? <laughs> yeah, it's like, I kind of don't. Tr if you said that to me now, I'd be like, I kind of don't trust you. Exactly. Like, why is it a mystery flavor? I should know what this is. <laughs> what do you mean a mystery? Uh, yeah, we, we gambled our lives just to figure out what the flavor was, man. Like, yeah, we don't know what could happen. Like, you can get any disease. It's a mystery flavor of diseases. You can get any of them. Just it's like, ha, ah, pig's blood. Carrie, <laughs> <laughs> it's a promotion for Carrie. Yeah. <laughs> That's really funny. What about cereal commercials? Were you, were you into cereal commercials? Pops. Gotta have my pops. Gotta have my pops. Yeah, That's dude. That's a really good one. It's crazy also growing up and looking back to see it's Aaron Paul in one of those commercials of as course. well. Yeah, um, the pops one, the Apple Jacks one. Please that describe cinnamon. that to me because the Apple Jacks one. The last time I heard you describe it, it was the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> the Apple Jacks, I remember. So from my memory, yeah. it was a Jamaican cinnamon stick. A Jamaican cinnamon <laughs> stick. <laughs> the nineties was a weird time, dude. <laughs> And I think an apple thing. was chasing him, or he was chasing an apple. <laughs> no, they were both running at each other. You remember this? <laughs> That's what happened. Yeah, they're both like chasing each other because they're both mad at each other, and then they run into each other fighting. And they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the family guy fights with Peter and the chicken. That's right. exactly and what then it was. They would explode, and when they exploded, their like blood and guts would be what was covered <laughs> the cereal? On, the, on the cereal. <laughs> And we ate that shit. Oh, oh my gosh, man. We loved it. We loved it. Literally and figuratively, we ate that shit up. Like, it was crazy. <laughs> what else was there? Um, the s'mores commercial. Oh, yeah? What was that? I think I remember. It was just, like, pieces of marshmallow and, like, graham crackers. I think they were just, like, doing the same thing. Like, there were just pieces of food that ran into each other That's until hilarious. they all blew up and turned into the Dude. cereal. This is something that I definitely remember. I, I was talking to Adrian Gibbs from the Anchor Collective. Oh, I love he was, Adrian. He, he was here a couple of weeks ago. He talked about how he loved Reese's Puffs, and I was like, those cereal Reese's commercials. Puffs, Reese's Puffs. Do you remember those commercials? Yeah, man. They were so freaking sexual. Like, every time they would have them, they'd be like, oh, my God, it's so good. Like, are, do you have a boner right now? <laughs> like, like it's, it's peanut butter cereal. that's probably how most of us got our first job, baby. <laughs> it's, it's probably how that went down. Yeah. I figured it was because I saw Topanga from Boy Meets World. <laughs> it's actually because I was No, made. it's the Reese's Puffs. Yeah, I was, 
I was three bites into a bowl of nice. You're gonna be puffs. shopping for cereal. You're gonna see Reese's Puff, and you're gonna get a hard on for no reason. <laughs> you're like Topanga. Like what is happening right now? <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. That's really funny. Just eat him while you're in bed with your girl. Or something. <laughs> get the mood going. Yeah. <laughs> That's some, that sounds like something Frank from It's Always Sunny would do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can that, picture that. <laughs> yeah, or any of those characters, Yeah, really. pretty much. So going into who you are now a little bit, you're kind of doing a little bit of two things, really, because you're a screenwriter. You're trying to do the whole production side of yeah. movies. So you really got into directing the production side as well as writing, things like that. Yeah, And then you're also in the music production side where you're making music, you're in a band now, you're doing a whole bunch of stuff. And I kind of want to go into the writing aspect first. Sure. What were the things that inspired you to become a screenwriter? Well, I guess growing up with um, watching a lot of movies, it was, um, I've, I've, I've told you this story so many times, but it was when I saw the first Saw film. Sure. That's when I started really getting into the filmmaking side of like mm-hmm. films and all that. That's when I was like, oh wait, I think I could probably do something like that or like I want to do something like that. Right. And then once high school rolled around and I entered like the TV production classes, I started just watching a lot more like movies from like Christopher Nolan and other like and Stanley Kubrick, a bunch of other like classic directors. And just like watching those movies and studying them, I was I started getting into reading the screenplays and I was like, oh, I can do that. And just throughout there, I would, like, start writing screenplays. I'd even write for... I was the only one in my TV production class to write actual scripts for the videos we'd shoot. You've written a bunch of stuff. You've written short films. We've actually written together. We've written some sitcom scripts together. We've written some pilots together. Is there another thing in the production side of film or television that you enjoy more than writing? Because I know you wanted to be a director for a while. Is that something where you just were like, I don't know if I find that fun anymore? I mean, I actually just recently finished uh, filming a short or a music video for one of my songs. Yeah. So I kind of got back into that. And I mean, directing wouldn't be so bad, but it can be stressful when things don't go the way they're supposed to sometimes. Sure. But... At the same time, I almost kind of enjoy that, where I have to improvise and think on the spot and try to micromanage every little thing that goes into it. Yeah, being a director is like being the manager of a restaurant. Yeah. No one wants to do that half the time. Exactly. No one wants to do that half of the time because you have to make sure everybody's doing their job, all the food is getting out on time, everyone's happy, all the customers are happy, like that kind of thing. You have to make sure that everyone is at their best all the time, and it's not a job for everyone. It is it, man. I'm definitely not a follower, but I don't really consider myself to be, like, bossy boss leader status. Sure. You know? Because I'm just too nice sometimes. Sure. So, like, if I were to get into directing, I don't think I would do, like, a full-fledged feature film. Yeah. I would probably do something small, like the music videos. Like, something I would mainly self-produce or if someone wanted me to help them out with a little project. That's what I'd probably be interested in. But when it comes to production in general, I think writing is my strongest. And that's why I like sticking to the most. Yeah. And it's funny, too, because... The things I've heard from directors on various podcasts or interviews or things like that is that it's almost like they were told like in a class or something where they're just like, oh, you're never supposed to tell an actor what to do or like how to say a line or anything like that. But coming from an actor, because that's what I do, it makes my job 20 times easier 
when you're like, this is how I'd like you for you to do it. Yeah. It just makes more sense, you know? Yeah. The way I like shooting with people whenever I'm trying to direct them to do something, mm -hmm. I just try to tell them, like, I just simply ask them, like, what would you do if I gave you, if you were in this situation? I give them a scenario, I'd be like, take that, take how you're feeling, how you would react, and do that. And for a lot of the people who are, like, non-actors, they, it just kind of helps with, like, that natural feel. Yeah. I guess to it, like, that improvised natural feel it doesn't feel as, like, forced. It feels organic. The director of Mean Creek was on Josh Peck's podcast. He's done some good movies. Yeah, he's great. And he said that the best thing that he ever learned was from a foreign director. He's from Spain, and he, like, barely knows English. And he does really well with actors. Like, actors love him because... His style of directing is go up to her like you love her. Yeah. And then he just go, goes action and they get it in one take. Because nice. he's so good. And then he's like, oh, it made me realize that sometimes you just need to dumb things down yeah. for people. And just be like, go up to her and when you say this, you're mad. Yeah. And sometimes that gets you the best shot. Yeah. You know? It's, it's sometimes like that, it's instinct that simple. That instinct reaction. <laughs> exactly. I agree with that method too. Um, that's like the style I like to do, I guess, or like I prefer like working with whether it's someone else directing too, where it's just like try a bit of everything. Yeah. Because you never know what you're going to catch. I guess there's like three styles that I'm really into, you know, and one is the directing where it's just like, oh, you're go up to her. You're mad. Like you need to go up to yeah. her because you're mad. And then I'm also really into the Clint Eastwood tactic where he's like, no, I hired you because you're good at your job. Do what you do and go. Yeah. You well, know what I mean? I think it just depends on the actor, I guess. Of course. Because some actors, like, you really don't need to tell them what to do. Like, they can... Well, to be fair, that's why someone like Clint Eastwood would yeah. hire you. Yeah, because exactly. Because he's like, look, I hired you because you embodied this character. Yeah. So embody the character and go. I'm really into that. And then I'm also into the Judd Apatow camp, which is just like... Let's do a couple of takes, and if you come up with something funnier, we'll go with that. Yeah. Going back to everything, you're into writing and things like that. And that's obvious because yeah. every time that we've written something together, something that you're really, really good at is structure. Yeah. You're very good at tracing the map and, yeah. and just being like, this is where we need to go, this kind of thing. And the thing that I'm really good at that I didn't think was important until we were like halfway through writing a script yeah. is coloring in... The all details. The, all the details. Yeah. Which, that's the hardest part, really. To me, that is easy. Like, I'm like, oh, really? I'm, I'm doing nothing. No, for me, that's <laughs> that's just, that's so hard for me. I can, it's just easier for me for structure, because it's like, I already know where I want to go. I know where I like to start. I just got to get the middle, and once I figure that out, it's just like connecting the dots for me. Like, really? I just see it all in my head. I'm like, all right, that's it. And then you see me. I get in the zone, and I just yeah, don't no, stop. Absolutely. Yeah. And for me... Once you've given me the map, it is so easy for me to color it all in. Yeah. Going into music, you just started a new project, right? Two new projects, yeah. Tell me about them. Um, the first one that I started with is Beach Bum. Mm -hmm. It's a punk band that is um, me, JP, Crispy, and our friend Eloy. Okay. You know JP and Crispy like from like Trash Humper Days and all that. And yeah. If you guys haven't known or listened or know me personally, you know I was in a band formerly known as Trash Humpers, based yep. off the Harmony Korine movie. Yep, it's just as bad as the name sounds. Thank you. Yep. And um, <laughs> now we are another band based off another Harmony Korine film called Beach Bum. <laughs> and I don't think we're half bad now. 
Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That's good. Yeah. No, like this, you know, the trash number stuff, it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, but you know, it's, it's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you again, because you started a new band and I didn't want something about the band Trash Humpers to be out if it isn't a band anymore. Yeah. One of my favorite questions that I asked you, it made me laugh so much, but I was being such a jerk, was uh, how would you describe Trash Humpers music? Because many people wouldn't call it music at all. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. The thing is, I haven't seen Beach Bum yet because I don't think you guys have done a live show. No, but we just booked our first one September 1st on a Sunday at 8. Free. Okay, cool. We're playing at the Loser Lounge. <laughs> at the Loser so Lounge. So we'll all blend right in. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Something that I can definitely say about what I've heard from Beach Bum, and once I actually go to the show, which I'm sure I'll have been once this is released, right. is it's more a band that makes so much more sense when you see it live. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even probably describe it like that at this point. Because even now, we're practicing. As much as I love every song we've made, it's kind of hard to... It's different. It's kind of hard to pinpoint where we are exactly tone-wise. Sure. Because... We have one song that's straight up punk. Mm -hmm. We have another one that's just straight up alternative emo. And then just like at band practice, we have another one that we just made that goes like from Rage Against the Machine to black metal. So it's kind of hard to figure out like where we stand at that point. But we're having a lot of fun trying to like get in on that road to see where we end up. If yeah. that makes sense. Of course it does. And having seen your band Trash Humpers multiple times... It's something that just made so much more sense when I saw it. Yeah. Because no. hearing it on CD, it wasn't that it was bad or that the quality was weird. It was just, I guess the easiest way to describe the style of music, at least Trash Humpers, is aggression. Yeah, it was very, the, if I can do it in one word, it'd be chaotic. That sure. was Trash Humpers. Yeah. For sure. Exactly. And you want to see something like that live. Yeah. Every show was super fun. Thank you, man. Yeah. I wouldn't listen to it personally myself. Yeah. Um, but you know, going to a live show, of course, I'll be there with PBR in my hand and everything. Yeah, every show was always really fun. Yeah, every and time it was, and it was just a blast. Like I had so much energy, especially when we got to the end when we played that three hundred five fest. Yeah, which that was like something I always wanted to play, like play when I started that band. Yeah, that fest. That's and awesome. Just the energy in the crowd—that's just what made that made us want to keep playing. Do you have any stories? From, good. like, our shows back in yeah, the day? Yeah, funny stories, good Ooh. stories, or bad, whichever. Let's see. Oh, there's a, There's been a couple. Okay. For one, everyone seems to hurt themselves every time they see us. Sure. <laughs> a well, lot of our friends. That's just a punk show yeah. mentality. But, um, yeah, our friend, uh, one of our good friends, Danny Fauna, he ended up uh, falling and tearing his ACL. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was our, that was, like, one of our first big shows at Anonymous Guitars. Wow. Yeah. Oh, there's a great one, actually. It's when we were playing this on t this venue on top of a tire shop in Miami, which is like the most Miami place you can play. Sure. <laughs> or inside of a loaf of Cuban bread. That too. <laughs> I wish I could have done that. <laughs> yeah. I still might. <laughs> but there was this other band we played with um, that was around at the time called Inoculus. And there was this dude named Victor. <laughs> okay. Victor was one hell of a character. He was pretty much the embody of Miami punk, the Miami punk scene. You okay. know, always drinking, always without a shirt, just the open jacket and the tight pants. 
always falling down the damn stairs. That sounds like Bert Kreischer. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's from Miami. I don't know. How funny would it be? If- it's the same dude. <laughs> His it's name's like, not Victor. I'm just like, I'm just using a fake name to protect it. <laughs> one of the things that's killing me is that what if his other trait that no one knew was that he always falls down a flight of stairs? It's like, hey, Bert. <laughs> it's like a, you hear the laugh track like it's a goddamn sitcom. <laughs> How funny would that be, dude? <laughs> That'd be great. Oh my gosh. But no, it's the machine. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I remember one time we were all outside after a show. Victor comes up to me, the guys in the trash humpers and Oculus and all that. He is gone. Right. And he is just drunk and he's go babbling on and on. And it's one of those things where we're all kind of doing our own things and we're not in our head. Like, yeah, all right, bud. And then he was just like, he just stopped and he got super serious and quiet and looked down. And he's like, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just insane. <laughs> you know, I looked at him like, what? And then he just sprinted off. You never saw him I again? I never saw him again. What? <laughs> I never saw him again. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I heard he possibly ended up in Germany, but I'm not sure about how that's <laughs> what if? What if he just ran there? <laughs> <laughs> what if from that day... He just ran to he Germany. Found a, he found a ferry, hopped on that. <laughs> just ran to Germany. How funny would that be? Uh, that'd be great. Yeah, and that yeah, but that dude would always do something crazy, man. Like I remember one show he played completely in the nude. He played the drum set. Oh my just god. Just straight up. I remember like halfway through I'm moshing, and I look and I see clothes flying in the air. I'm like, what the hell? And I look and he's just going. <laughs> why does it sound like he's using three drumsticks? <laughs> he is. Oh, that's why. Some people may say that's disgusting. I say that's talent. Yeah, it's definitely talent when he has two drumsticks in the air and you still hear. <laughs> Man's a machine. <laughs> yeah. So there's another story that you told me that we have to tell on this one. Oh, some some story about I it might have been that show which is doesn't surprise me, but there was a show that you played with an inflate like a Santa. Oh, fuck. you remember that story? <laughs> I can't forget that one. <laughs> okay, so what happened during that story? I don't think it was the same show. I think it was another show. Okay, but after our set, I was moshing and I had been drinking and I'm just going around having a good merry old time, you know, enjoying the pit, and then all of a sudden. I see one of those plastic Santa Clauses <laughs> the, that was chilling in the corner of the room the whole night. Someone decided to kick it in the middle of the fucking pit. Okay. And these punk kids just started pulling out their pocket knives and they started stabbing the shit out of it. Started shanking Santa. Yeah, they shanked Santa in the middle of the pit. Everyone's just standing there watching yeah. like it's a sacrifice. I'm like, what the hell's going yeah, on? None of those kids are getting presents. This one dude with blue hair always came to these shows with a goddamn katana. So he pulled what? out. What? Yes. So he want he moshed with a katana. Is he in the Justice League? Like why? I hope he is now, <laughs> <laughs> or he's in jail. I don't know. But he ended up taking the katana and stabbing the shit out of that. You can, you can't make this shit up, dude. I mean, seriously. <laughs> yeah, that's why, that's why I was so scared to like go half the time because of that one dude. <laughs> I was like, whatever. I'm gonna chill in the corner. Then they started kicking the thing around again. And then this one girl punted Santa so hard <laughs> that he flew across the room, ho, 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 in his way around. Delivering presents as he's in the air. <laughs> and he just straight up 
I turned just right at the right amount of time, straight up collided with my face and it <laughs> knocked me on the ground. Like my feet lifted off the ground and everything, and I fell on my back. It was bad. Oh my god! And gosh. I was like, "Oh shit!" And I'm getting up laughing, like I'm totally cool. And everyone's looking at me like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> yeah, Santa like, slayed you. And I looked down on the ground, and there's blood everywhere. I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> yeah, it's real bad. <laughs> and then that's when I felt the pain. Yeah. <laughs> they it's were like, yeah, so I have like a, you can see now I have like a scar right there, right next to my eye. That almost yeah. took out my eye completely, man. Holy cow. Yeah. That's I had crazy. A, I had a black eye for like a solid week. My mom saw that and she was like, I'm not even taking you to the hospital. Hospital, That shit's yours now forever. <laughs> I'm like, thanks. Thanks. That's really yeah. that's awful. Oh my She was gosh. like hoping it would get me to stop moshing, but. <laughs> i'm not gonna stop <laughs> do you have any funny stories about like production that you've ever done um, just whether it was directing or just being on sets i have one story that i'm pretty sure you'll remember that i thought was really funny i have it, one as well it was the cheese one remember that dude <laughs> <laughs> that is quite possibly the dumbest Yet funniest thing that no one has ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, Norman did the funniest thing the other day where he made his own, he made a website for his stuff. Yeah. And on the background is a shot of Jerry and Jenny on my bed from that film. Really? Yeah. And I thought he lost the footage, but he said he found like some files and he saw that one image. So he used it as the background for his like whole, whole page. <laughs> one of the funniest things that Norman's ever done, at least for. There's two funny things. One. I think I know what you're talking about. (laughs) No, I don't think you do because I don't think anyone saw it except me, Jerry, and him. Okay. But he was making promos for Fire on Broadway, Jerry's album. Oh, okay. (laughs) He put available on Spotify, you know, iTunes, all that stuff, and then he just puts the porn up look. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that. He showed me that video the other day. And for a second, I was like, if you upload it to Pornhub, you might get a lot more listeners. <laughs> so, Dude, like, maybe you should try it. I think because we found that the other day. And, By like, the we way, talked if you're Jerry. listening to this and you're deciding to do that, don't do it. I've trademarked it. <laughs> <laughs> it's ours now. Yeah, it's ours now. Yeah, I was telling that and I was like telling Jerry, like, should we release that? Like, you need more promotion for this album. Sure, there's going to be a couple hundred comments being like, this isn't porn or like whatever. I mean, (laughs) the music's good, but this isn't porn. Imagine the viral (laughs) Facebook articles everyone will see. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. This genius decided to release his album exclusively on On Pornhub, right? (laughs) That's amazing. Who does that? (laughs) No one does that. That's amazing. And then it's like, imagine that. You could keep putting on iTunes and all that stuff and it's like, also, check out the single for free on, on Pornhub. Pornhub. The music videos on there and everything. <laughs> and it's not, it's not, it's about loving a girl, yeah. you know? No, no, no. It's just a regular music video. No porn in it. We have to tell Jerry about this. Make a music video exclusively for Pornhub. I'm pretty sure I did, but he thought it was Well, stupid. we need to bash it down his head until he agrees to do it. If not, I'm going to do it. No, if, <laughs> I'm going to do it. <laughs> we should all do it. Yeah, we should all try it. Why not? Trademark. Don't take that. So anyway... <laughs> what, was, what was the name of this movie? The cheese movie? I don't remember. It was called The Pizza Slut, right? Or pizza Slut. Pizza yeah. Slut, something like that. Which, by the way, this was made... It ha- it was before I moved to L.A., so this was like six or seven years yeah, ago. Yeah, it was like 2014, maybe? It was a while back. 2013, maybe. You came up with this, oh, she's a pizza slut, and then me. it's mostly me and Jerry talking about this girl. He goes, she's a pizza slut, and I'm like, what the balls is a pizza slut? Or whatever. Or maybe I'm the one that says she's a pizza slut. I don't remember. I think it might have been you. Anyway. Or I think you might have both done it either way. I don't know. Yeah, either way, we had never heard of that before. 
right? Now you can buy pizza slut t-shirts. Like, I know. Oh, isn't that nuts? That now that phrase is like a thing. It's crazy because I thought we, we I thought we were so fucking clever. Right. And then which, I looked which, everywhere. Which, by the way, Brandon, we were. <laughs> because because, now, it's, because it now it's like all over hottopic.com. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if like that video was good and we released it. Dude, it was good and we should have released it. <laughs> no, then, the bits with you and Jerry riffing about cheese yeah. was great. That was, yeah, yes. <laughs> that was so stupid. Yeah. She had two other guys who, Colby and Jack, yeah, man. We literally did this whole scene just for bloopers where we did the whole story only using cheese names. Dude, I think that that's a video on its own, honestly. Yeah, the she had two those two twin guys. Oh, Colby and Jack. Yeah, man. She was crazy. Did did you hear about Bree? <laughs> and I was like, What? He goes, Apparently she got so hot that she had a meltdown. <laughs> so stupid. The whole thing was so dumb. Yeah. It's funny to us. Anyone watching it, like, what the hell is this? Yeah. Anyone but, who likes cheese is yeah. like this is offensive. <laughs> <laughs> this cheese talk, I don't like it. Yeah, this is offensive. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, but there was that. But my favorite um, story from that whole production was when we had like a fake gun behind Jerry. That was what I was going to say is my yeah. favorite moment because <laughs> we actually found out what would happen if I ever actually got a gun pulled on me. Yeah. <laughs> And the answer is, I would laugh so freaking hard. Dude, you were red as fuck. I was dying, dude. I thought it was hilarious. In the scene, it's like I was with his girlfriend or something like that. Yeah. And, like, and he's like accusing me of something. The actual scene is supposed to be funny. Yeah. But he took it in a serious direction. And he was like, uh, no, man, I just heard that she, uh, she was... Sucking another dude's dick, <laughs> and like he screamed, and when and he, he said pulled that it on he you. pulled this gun on me, dude, you fell on my bed laughing. I was dying laughing. I was on your your Men in Black chair. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. <laughs> yeah, that was great. That was, I think, one of the funniest days. Dude, oh my gosh, oh, I please. have to tell this story now. Oh, please do. Okay, I think this was the day I met Jerry. Oh god. So we're all hanging out at this girl's house. It's me, you. Jerry and her and then her mom calls her down and she's like I'm gonna go to the grocery store why don't you come with me she went to the grocery store and we were like what we're just we'll just stay here and hang out and talk and we were just like laughing making each other laugh and Jerry got bored so he went on Microsoft Paint <laughs> and he started drawing Batman oh and he, and dude, he drew, JP was there too yeah JP was there as well he drew Batman's head right and I go and I said, how funny would it be if you just had Batman's head, but you drew a wiener and balls? <laughs> and then he just drew the biggest, most vulgar looking penis with Batman's head on the tip that of the penis. That was a veiny dude. Yeah. <laughs> and it just, <laughs> and then it just said Batman on my dick. Yeah. Uh, spray painted like on a wall. And I put. I feel like it, it was way more vulgar than that, though. It probably was. No, and I said I, there was another one where we did two, but that one in I was like, we have to put that as her desktop. Yeah. <laughs> and we I put, that. and we put it as her desktop, and then the screensaver was the other one, which was Batman having sex with the Joker. <laughs> And it said, I'm going to do you like you did, Rachel. 
Oh shit! And we were like, "That's the screensaver." When she saw that, dude. Not I only was that, crying. She's she's also so innocent. Yeah. That I'm pretty sure that's still her wallpaper. <laughs> she has no way of fixing it. If she's got the same damn laptop, it definitely is. <laughs> I, was, I was freaking dying, dude. That was hilarious. That's one of the hardest I've ever laughed. This has been an episode, dude. Yeah. We haven't even gotten into everything, too. Well, we will, because you're a guest that I'm going to have on in a few weeks, because we're doing a Halloween special, so you're going to be on it, Jerry's going to be on it, uh, and me. I'll, I'll try to be there. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> But yeah, so we're going to do a Halloween special, and it's going to be really fun. But where can people find you? You guys can follow me on Instagram under bmerk, double underscore. And uh, you can also follow me on Spirit Grave, which is um, my other music project where I produce like lo-fi hip-hop beats. So you guys can follow me both accounts there where I will be posting up. Uh, I post more on the Spirit Grave than anything. So that's where I upload all the music and everything on there. Are you allowed to announce anything about music coming up? Yeah, I'm uh, releasing a single pretty soon, um, which is going to be part of a little collab that me and my friend JP are working on together. Mm-hmm. It's going to be coming around Halloween time. Probably around the time we're going to be doing the Halloween special. Okay. So we can talk about it more on there, if anything. Yeah, and what about Beach Bum? And Beach Bum, we are releasing our EP sometime this week. You could catch us on Bandcamp, but it'll probably be most likely dropping on iTunes probably in the next week or so. It's going to be on called the Premature EP. Nice. And then when is your show? My show's going to be at September 1st at the Loser Lounge Okay, down at Pompano, Pompano Beach. Pompano Beach. I've yeah. never played there. Neither have I. It's apparently fairly new. Okay. Um, but a lot of people say, say it's awesome. Is it basically just a glorified closet that people call an art gallery? I'm assuming that's what it is. I haven't been there. Yeah. But it sounds a lot like it. For me, you can follow me on Instagram at Mike Valdez, on Twitter at I am Mike Valdez. You can go to whoismikevaldez.com to find out the answer to that question. And that's it. Tell your friends and family about this. Let's grow this family. Subscribe. Tell everyone you know about Child Like It Best with Mike Valdez. And have a great week. Bye, besties. Bye.